Welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm Sandra Pagenta, a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner, and I am your guide into the world of nursing job options. Take a seat and relax, and let's get started with today's guest. Hi, Dr. Nurse Podcast. Guys, thanks for listening today. I have a special guest. Ebony Time is with me today. She is an MSN APRN. She completed her BSN in 2014 and she started off as most of us do in med surge nursing. And then about after about two years of doing that, moved right into the medical ICU. While she was working as a nurse, she began to go back for her MSN and family nurse practitioner. She finished that degree in 2018 and has been working as urgent care locum tenon provider. She's been pretty much teaching other nurse practitioners how to become locum tenon providers. Because again, as I told her before the podcast, I know nothing about this. So I'm really excited to hear about what she's carved out out of her for her career. Ebony likes traveling. That's her passion. It's all over her Instagram page. She's popping on Instagram with all her travel <laughs> excursions. I cannot wait to hear from this from this guest today. Thank you for coming on, Ebony, and sharing your wisdom with my audience. No worries. I'm glad to be here. So let's dive right in. Explain to me what your current role and your job title is, and what do you do for a living? Walk me through your job. I started doing local... Well, I'm a family health nurse practitioner. A lot of people ask, well, what kind of nurse practitioner are you? You do locums or what? Like, what? Do you just jump into, like, critical care and then psych and feet? No, I'm a family health nurse practitioner at baseline. I graduated with my family nurse practitioner degree in 2018, and I started locum tenens four months after working my staff job in urgent care. So I worked in urgent care after being a travel nurse. I was a travel ICU nurse. After graduating with my, my master's in 2018, I didn't go into, like, studying for my boards and stuff right away. I just went straight into travel nursing. So I did work like as an RN for a year while I was studying for my boards. I loved the lifestyle of being a travel nurse at that time. I ended up taking my boards and then I was like, all right, enough is enough. Travel nursing is done. You need to go back. You need to work as a staff NP. So I worked in urgent care. Now I was so used to the the freedom and flexibility. Plus at that time I started like growing my travel page at that time. And I was just like, uh, this ain't for me. You got to request the time off. See if you see if you'll get the time off. Yeah. And it was just like, it just was not for me. I was also like working solo as a solo urgent care provider, seeing like 25 to 35. I know now they see a lot more due to COVID, but I was seeing like 25 to 35 patients a day. I was like, getting used to it. I kind of got off of orientation after like day three. I did two days of like shadowing. Yeah. And then day three, I was off orientation and by myself. So the only people that I had, to, I know, right? The only people I had to reference to was the people that I did orientation with and like some of my classmates it's crazy and I was just like oh my gosh like what is this it's on the deep end and you're not even taught to swim yes. yikes oh my God. yes what really got me into locums was not even like the workload because I kind of got used to being a solo provider you I use up to date so much and Hippocrates and I use this so much and that's not even what like stopped me from leaving that staff position. I remember that there was a specific provider that told me that she was like, I'm only, she worked the opposite days that I did. She also worked solo seeing 25 to 35 patients. And she was like, I'm only here because 
they're paying my tuition. And I was like, what? I said, so I'm doing this and they're not even paying my tuition. So before I, I decided to leave, I actually went to them and was like, hey, like, do you guys provide tuition assistance? Which is something I probably should have said when I interviewed. But I think mm-hmm. I was just so happy to like get that position. I'm like 312s. I still got my freedom in some sort of way. And then they told me, no, we don't do that no more. So after four months, I had ended up applying for locums on locumtenants.com. I did hear about locums when I was in school. They had came to our job fair. I just didn't know the term was like you, locum tenens. I didn't know that was the term. A lot of people butcher that term so much. But I thought it was a cool idea while I was in school. Before I started becoming this avid traveler, I just thought that profession, that was for me already. Huh. But I just didn't know the term. So, so like whenever you they came to your job fair, like a little whisper was like, this might be for you. But then yeah. you were like, no, 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 quiet, quiet. We just got to get a job. We just got to get paid. Be happy to have a job. Yeah, and okay. then plus they already told me hands down that I was going to need experience. And I was just like, oh, well, I can't do that right now. Maybe I'll revisit it another time. Maybe I won't. But even that, like I knew it was for me before I was an avid traveler, yeah. which was like crazy to me. Fast forward, I was like, oh, let me think about that job, that career path. And so randomly I had read online locumtenants.com. And so I applied, I put my resume in and I applied. Four months of urgent care experience. My first job wasn't even in urgent care. It was in primary care. Your first locum's tenants job, (laughs) see, there it is, was in primary care. But for my listeners that are like, okay, so what is that? What does that Mm -hmm. mean? What does that primary care job entail? Of course. So it's basically as travel nursing. A lot of people probably haven't done travel nursing either. But basically what it is, is that you are considered a temporary provider. So you fill in for vacations, you fill in for maternity leaves, FMLA, you're there for maybe, you can be there for up to a year, like at a facility for up to a year, you can be at a facility for three months, you could be at a facility for six months with extension, you don't work for the company necessarily, you don't work for the hospital or the clinic necessarily, so the clinic or the hospital is not paying you, nor are they providing you any benefits because you're not considered their staff employee, you are hired as an independent contractor contractor by a locum company. So you have stuff like Weatherby Health, Barton Associates, Comp Health, so many different types of locum tenant companies. They are the one paying you. So they reach out to the clinic or the clinic reaches out to them and is like, look, we need X amount of providers. We have a provider that just left. We need somebody to fill in. And the, like I said, the filling could be maternity leave, FML. May I filled in one time for a provider that was on orientation for two weeks. So two weeks they needed me there while the provider was still there, but getting oriented by another provider. So I did contracts as long as six months. I haven't did any year contracts, but there are contracts that are year only because I do other things outside of locums. And so what happened is like I had applied on locumtenants.com pretty much like Indeed and recruiters started reaching out. So basically the need was for a primary care clinic, but this clinic was a little bit different. It wasn't only primary care. It had chronic conditions but it also had most of the patient clientele was HIV positive. Mm. So I, at that time, had to like prescribe, diagnose, treat HIV patients 
on top of that, we have other infectious diseases. Now, I'm not talking about basic STDs, but I'm talking about like tuberculosis. I finally got to treat tuberculosis, active cases of tuberculosis. I got to treat hepatitis as well. That primary care clinic specifically was primary care. You've seen some chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, but then you also see that specific population. When it comes to locums, you might work in urgent care but you might not see the typical things that you would see in urgent care in one place compared to another place. So there's some like clinics I work at that I would see more of like STDs or maybe more families like that come there for their needs and stuff like that. Whereas other clinics like I work for is less of a demand. So it all depends. And that's what I like yeah. about local tenants. You can add on your resume, like this is a skill. Like now I say, I'm, I, I know how to prescribe HIV meds, I know how to diagnose, I know how to treat and monitor HIV. Then you can find positions that needs an HIV specialist in maybe any kind of clinic, primary care, so... HIV clinic. Like What I love about what you're describing is that it's allowing you to build up your resume in a way mm-hmm. that you don't have to take a job and sit in it for a year and realize, one, I hate it, or two, I actually kind of like this. It allows you to build your resume by getting exposure to different things and really figure out what you like. It lets you test before you, you know, get really committed. Yeah. Yeah. So are you taking jobs in your same city or other cities? So um, I'm licensed now only because I do not have a compact license. I'm originally from New York and New York is not a compact state yet. What does that mean? Um, So basically where like you are able to get licensed in one state and you can just get your NP license in other states without having to apply for your RN and NP. You just have to like simply Google online and see which state is a compact state. You have to have mail going to that state. You technically have to live in that state per se. And then you can apply for your compact license in that sense. And much cheaper that way. So I'm not licensed in a lot of states because New York isn't a compact state. So I'm licensed in New York, D.C., California, which is one of my good states as well. And I'm licensed in one more. I can't remember. Everybody um, loves California, by the way. Everybody does. Yeah. Every nurse yes. is like, it's utopia. It's I don't know what's going on over there, but every nurse is like, love California. Love California. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they give so their I'm nurses, nice. but they're so always happy. It's nice. It's warm out there. It's, it's very, I love the trees out there. I think that's yeah, what it it's is. It's beautiful. It's I beautiful. love it out there. Uh, I'm from New York originally, so I do a lot of assignments out here. I do a lot of per diem assignments out here. So. Got you. You can do locum senum's jobs at different states that you were describing. You always come back to your home state because you don't have a compact license. So you can't go anywhere in the United States. You can only go in these places that you're licensed. All of the states, and here's the thing about locums that I'm about to tell you about. All of the states that I'm licensed in, I can work in. The thing about locums is that there's two ways that you can get a license with locums. They can actually help you get a license and exchange your work for them for 30 days. So if I wanted to go to um, an urgent care in Arizona and there's a need in Arizona, the locum company will pay for your license. They will literally reimburse you back for your license as long as exchange your work 30 days with at that urgent care, at least 30 days. And so that license is yours. Then there's some states where you're like, uh, I know I'm never going to really go back there, but I'll work for this three months and you could just pay for my license. And anytime they need a need in that state, you have that license that's totally yours. I don't go that route. I like to keep all of my licenses. um, So I don't mind paying for it and getting reimbursed back because it's my license. But when you do the other route, 
the, the locums is in charge of that license for that state. So anytime they have a need, they will reach out to you like, hey, do you want to use your license for the state that we paid for? And you're like, okay, sure. Like those are more for like the, the states that you probably wouldn't really go to, yeah. but they might pay well and you have a license then why not work there? And then on top of that, the other perks about being a locum, and this is not all companies, but this is most companies, they will pay for your transportation, your housing, and it's not always a hotel. Your your rental, car rental, they'll pay for um, your DEA license. They'll pay for your license to get licensed in that state. Like, it's cool. Like, it's so much. You can ask for so much when it comes to locums. Um, wow. Not saying all companies is going to give you the same thing, sure. but I always be like, it doesn't hurt to ask. Wow. Yeah. The family, so you, you did the primary care locums, and now you're doing urgent mm-hmm. care, correct? That's your, your current... Well, actually, right at this very moment... I am finishing up my occupational health. Now I have occupational health under my belt. <laughs> I've been here since January. So I have occupational health um, nurse practitioner working. So now I have urgent care, primary care. I've done HIV. I have occupational health now under my belt. Um, Speaking of things under your belt, because now mm-hmm. that my listeners understand that you've got this locum's tenant, locum tenant. tenant job that allows you, I'm not, I'm not going to edit it either. I'm going to leave it on there. How many times I screwed it up. <laughs> so it could be a part of some reel or something. Now that you have, you have this inside your tool belt, I saw through my stocking that you just completed some aesthetic training to be a nurse injector. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you've also got your locum, locum ten, tenon guide yeah. that allows mm-hmm. other nurse practitioners that are interested in this to learn certain things like these little nuggets that you're dropping along. You have an extensive mm-hmm. course where you help people learn how to do this. So take me to the, through those two new things that you just picked. Sure. I've been doing this since 2019 and it's not easy because with locum tenants, you are basically eliminating the employer that would normally give you the benefits. There are some companies that still work as a W-2, which is what the employer would normally give like health insurance, 401k, et cetera, et cetera. Like from a normal like job right most of the companies though they don't give you that you eliminating the anything an employer would normally give you when I started I messed up I owed 30k on my taxes I didn't have like a good retirement like plan in my head nor did I have like um a financial uh advisor at that time I didn't have malpractice. I ended up getting malpractice insurance relatively quick, but I didn't have malpractice insurance for the first few months because they were covering it. Locums do cover it. You just have to look in details to see if it's like has the tail end to it as far as like Ooh. malpractice. Yeah. So like when you yeah. leave. Right, 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 right. So they work. I practiced with malpractice insurance, but then I decided, oh, let me get my own malpractice since I jump around Smart. a lot. I didn't know this stuff at that time, right? I didn't know, like, the biggest thing is when you eliminate an employer, now you got to start thinking about your future financially, right? It's almost like you're an entrepreneur. Like, you've got yeah, yeah, you're, you're your own are. business. Yeah. You're your own business because you're looked at as an independent contractor and entrepreneurs are independent contractors. Um, when I first started, I didn't know about LLCs. I didn't know that I could have them pay my LLC instead of paying me. And then I can pay myself from my LLC, just like a business. I didn't know none of that stuff. I had to figure stuff out along the way. Now we're fast forward two and a half years later and I'm like, wow, I learned so much. I forgot to mention that locum tenants can be nurse practitioners. It could be anybody in the healthcare field because I know a lot of locum tenants that are occupational health, OT, PT. It's so respiratory therapist. Yeah. 
therapist, you can be so, but my specific program is geared towards providers. So it could be medical doctors, it can be physician assistants and nurse practitioners, only because I'm kind of familiar with providers. But it can technically, if you are an RN, you could be like, hey, I want to work as a 1099 employee, which is an independent contractor and call it a day and do the same thing that I do. So mine wow. is geared towards my audience and my, most of my audience are nurse practitioners, but you can really be any kind of healthcare worker. And so it basically, the way the course works is that it basically teaches you like, what is a locum? Because not a lot of people know what a locum is first. Mm-hmm. How flexible your schedule can be around around locums because you're eliminating the employer. So nobody's really telling you, oh, you need to request these times off and you need to have seniority. Nobody's telling you that stuff. So now you're making, you're, you're designing how your year around your locum tenants jobs that you do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to travel to different states. I've taken a, a contract. My current contract actually is 30 minutes away from me. They're paying for my Uber to go there all the time and coming back home all the time. They're also paying for this hotel that I'm staying in right now. I also worked a contract that I can that was walking distance where I didn't need them to provide me that way. I will have them go up on my hourly pay because I didn't need any of their benefits. It basically, the module one pretty much teaches you what is a locum, but how you can navigate through knowing what you want as a locum tenant. Like maybe you might be a school nurse practitioner and during the times where school is not in session, you might do locum tenant works during the winter break or the summer break, you know? So yeah. it's very flexible in that sense, right? It goes into that and then it starts going into like the nitty gritty stuff that you need to know, like malpractice insurance, which is something that I ended up finding about. Financial advising, learning how to like start passive income. As- aesthetics is a passive income for me um, now. Like I just got my aesthetic certification. So now that's become a passive income for me once I start practicing in aesthetics. Yeah. My locum tenant guide is passive income for me. My travels is passive income for me. So you have those things. So we speak about that. Each person in- has a specialty that I felt like they needed to speak rather than me because I can only speak from my end. I don't have kids right now. I can't tell you how your life is going to look around local tenant with you having kids. That's why I have a recruiter in there speaking as well. I also have a financial advisor. I have financial planner, health insurance. That's another thing. I have my own insurance as a single woman with no kids. What about family? So I have a a health insurance advisor that they can reach out to directly in there. A lot of people don't think about this, but estate planning, living wills, power of attorney. When you do make this money, this extra money, or if this is your main source of income, where your money going to, like when you start to develop passive income and where you don't want it to go to the government, you want to make sure that everything is aligned with where it needs to go to should something happen to you, especially during the pandemic. So we have an estate planner in there as well. So it's a very extensive guide. When I came up with this, it can be for any kind of business owner, to be honest, but I focused more on locum tenants because this is what I do and locum tenants is a business itself. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm very impressed. When you say that these, these are different things that you're doing as side hustles and different streams or revenues or, or different different streams of revenue that you have at, at your disposal. So doing the aesthetics training, having the guide as a way to generate revenue, generating revenue mm-hmm. through doing the locum, locums 
locums, tenant jobs. Yeah, right. You're just creating all these different streams of, of work that you're doing, which is absolutely incredible. And then again, like you said, with the guide, you're not having to actively manage that. That's just creating mm-hmm. revenue as people download and, and use the guide as they move into this new career. And then you're helping them navigate pitfalls and little things that you could help them avoid possible headaches and things i even have a cpa in there like my cpa is in there talking to them about it everything is pre-recorded now but i had a pre-launch which everything was live so at that time anybody that came had their personal questions answered like it was amazing and then we have a a great facebook group as well they have a a facebook group ebony how did you (laughs) figure out that this is something that you wanted to create I figured out this was something that I wanted to create after I felt like this was something that I was never going back to a staff job. Because I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, I always knew I wanted to do this. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, how can I do this? I don't even have a, I don't even have a 401k. Like, I don't have a retirement plan. I need that employer. I need that health insurance. I need to find a job that was going to pay my tuition. I felt like that when I first started. I'm like, oh, this is temporary. I'm going to go back and get a staff job, settle down, have a husband, have kids. When I realized that, Ebony, no, you're not going back. Like, this is something that you like to do. And this is something that is possible for you to do without an employer. I was like, I need to show people how to do it because it can be messy if you don't know what you're doing. I'm in a few Facebook groups and then even like, experienced people are asking these questions like what do I do do anybody got a good CPA and it's so much and if your CPA don't know what you do or understand what you do it can be complicated as well yeah it's really neat is that you've shared it was through some of the struggles and the things that you noticed that you realized there was a, a hole there was something that needed to be filled and that there mm-hmm. was a gap and so you said why don't I close the gap why not me why not come up with something why not invest in myself and there's a couple things themes in the way that you're thinking that I really want people to understand. I got to believe that I'm never going back to that. And when you change Mm -hmm. your mindset and you think I'm going to go at this by myself and you let that, you know, that little balloon or the shackle or whatever it is that ties you to the hospital and you let it go, it's free to a certain extent. It's scary because you're like, oh my gosh, I just did this. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm going out alone. But at the same time, it's so empowering to hear how you have, you have pretty much made your degree and what you've learned your business and the business of your mind. You've created that and you've set up shop in so many different ways. More nurses need to hear, like use what you've got and market it. You can't. Yeah. They don't teach us this in nursing school. They don't teach you how to become a business or how to utilize your degree where you want to get into things. Like I'm so happy that a lot of providers and nurses and healthcare professionals are just realizing like I could branch off and do IV hydration. I could branch off and do aesthetics. I can open up a med spa. I could start my own practice, my own concierge service. Like I, that just makes me happy because now everybody is realizing this and everybody will get to that point when they realize it. Some people, not no offense against the people that do want to be working on an employee. Maybe they get good benefits and that's okay too. But my whole goal is like, for uh, people to realize that they can also craft their dream career. And that's exactly what I do. I never Love used it. to talk about it at all. People were like, do you work? Like, you like how you said, like, <laughs> that was my first page, my first page, front page. And I just post travel stuff. Nobody knew what I was doing. 
they like, is she a nurse? I think she's a nurse. I don't, I don't know. I started talking about what I do outside of travel. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I'm putting it together now. And so you take these locum tenens jobs and then you kind of go like, all right, so I'm going to work this period of time and then I'm going to go travel for this period of time. And right. and it's through these breaks in your job that you're able to go do another thing that you're passionate about that fills your cup, which is traveling mm -hmm. and brings you a lot of joy. <laughs> and then you can go back and work these jobs and the places that you enjoy living and you get to be all over. It really is so cool how nursing provides you such incredible opportunities if you just mm -hmm. see what you can build on your own. But what an incredible journey. And, and would you take me through, again, throughout this time, and you You've kind of shared some little ups and downs, but a real moment in, in your career that you were like, oh, this is crazy. A challenge that you had to overcome that you were like, this might break me, but it didn't. It made you stronger. And throughout my whole career. Okay, that's great. Because I had so many downfalls throughout my whole career. Just me the one that you're just like, this one's the top. I would say the most devastating point of my life was failing my NCLEX. I, I would have never thought that about you. What? Yeah, I felt yeah, my NCLEX the first time. I When I speak to, you know, nurse practitioners that are in school and like nursing students that are in school still, I tell them to take their time. Somebody wrote me the other day and I say, just take your time and breathe because I didn't do that my first time around. I didn't. I studied all day and night, and that was just what I did. I lived off of coffee, snacked throughout the day, and then I took my boards and I failed with 75 questions. Wow. Devastated. The second time around, I reversed things. The second time around, I had put myself first and my needs first. Cool. I went on vacation. I went out with my friends. I went to see my family. I scheduled my study time. And I questioned myself. I was like, am I, stud am I studying a lot less? Like, should I be studying more? But I was like, no. Like, I, I found myself retaining the information more when I took breaks. Yeah. And then once I did that, and I studied, and I went to take my NCLEX the second time, I passed with 75. So I failed with 75, and then I passed with 75. That, that was a pit, that was a point in my life where I was just like, oh, Lord. Like, what am I just going on? I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. Look what you've done. Tell me about a time that you were like sitting in some fabulous <laughs> place and you're like, how is this what I've been able to carve out? We, we spoke about that already. And I felt like my this is it moment, like I said, was when I decided like I wasn't going back. Oh. All the, the doubts that I had, I was like, this is it. Like, I like what I do. Like, it's not traditional. But it works, and I love it. Yeah. And I can still make your income. And when I'm on vacation, I have my good old laptop that I do telemedicine. So it's like it's like it's never a dull moment for me. And uh, I get to pretty much craft my career. And that was the aha moment for me personally. I always loved teaching, so it's just like now I see that people are engaged in what I do. And even the other day in my Facebook group, one of the girls was like, hey, I just wanted, I, I feel like this is a safe space. So I feel like I could say this. She was like, I just wanted to let you guys know that I quit my job. After the course, she was like, I quit my job. I'm looking for locum tenant positions now. And I'm about to start the business that I always wanted to start. Wow. And so, so you're inspiring people. Good. Yes. Those are the highs. That, yes. That's definitely a high for me. It makes me feel good. Along the way, has anybody mentored you? Has anybody come alongside you and 
yeah that's kind of like have, yeah and there's there's no information out there about being a locum by the way when yeah. i started i only knew what i what i learned at the job fair for maybe 10 minutes before they was like oh you don't got the experience and then like you'll go on youtube you'll probably find my youtube if anything but you won't see much information on um, being a locum tenant. Why do you think and that so is? I wanted to, it's this misconception that people do that after they retire too. Oh. And just not enough people know about it. I get this every place I go to. Oh, I didn't know. What, what is it called? Locum, loc what? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, I didn't know. Yeah. Most yeah. No, it's so true. And you know what is so interesting? When we first got on, I said that. I was like, I know nothing about this. And you're like, yep, mm -hmm. that's pretty standard. It's what everybody says. I'm so used to it. And I think I like when people don't know because it gives me the moment to explain. And I'm, it gets me so excited. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready to change your, your, your career right now. <laughs> that is so neat, Ebony. And, and I, like the last question of, of the podcast and the one that I ask mm -hmm. all the nurses and I say, hey, listen, when you first started off, Ebony, at that fair, which I think is weird that they come to a, a job fair with new nurses and they're like, you don't have any experience. That seems kind of strange. Right. right? So they're there and you're a brand new nurse, nurse practitioner, whichever. What is something you wish you would have been able to go back and tell Ebony that day that you think somebody needs to know? A new nurse. What do you think she needs to know before she starts off on her career? You wish you knew. Mm, let me think about it. What I would, let me think about it. Oh, Yeah. So I would, I would tell that new nurse not to settle for anything less. I'm big on just going for what you want to go for. What I tell a lot of people that are in my course is even if you see that it says no new, not open to new grads, apply for that job. Even if you don't even see where it says like whether or not you need to have experience or not, just apply. The least that you, you won't, you won't hear back from them. You may hear back from them. They might even call you two years later after you already got the experience somewhere else. Just apply. Because there's jobs that reach out to me. I'm like, I applied for this three years ago. Oh. So, yeah, I would tell, like, a new nurse, new nurse practitioner, just to believe in yourself and just don't settle. Don't settle. Because I feel like what I did when I first started, I didn't ask enough questions when I started that first urgent care job. I kind of was just happy that it was 312s. And I didn't ask about tuition reimbursement. I didn't ask about CMEs. I don't recall a lot of CMEs or vacation times. or I don't recall having a lot of perks that came along with that job. And I was just happy to get in my foot in the door. Yeah. And that's not a way that you should be if you're just graduating. They put experience. Get experience. Get experience. But really, if it's something that you don't want to do, if that's not where you want, like... I think one of the things, too, that another guest on this podcast has said is, is really, if you are, if you are not qualified, or you don't have the experience for the job, when you're interviewing, show yourself to be the person that they want for the job. I feel like some jobs, like, it's like, okay, well, I really didn't have experience there, but they like the way that I was. And I got through the door, maybe further into the interview process, because I just showed who I was. And so... Yeah. That's another thing I feel like what you're saying is really true. It's like, just go for I it. Tell, right. I tell the, because there's a lot of, a lot of new grads. I don't know. It's more people that have experience in my Facebook group for local tenants. And I always tell them, and we also speak about it in the course. Actually, the recruiter speaks on it, which is pretty cool. But just go in with what you, like, be yourself. Tell them what you can do. Like, show leadership skills that you had like when you was a nurse and maybe you was a charge nurse maybe you was a leader of the diabetic educational group yeah. whatever the case may be 
sign up for training courses, seminars, those kind of things, because that makes you look good, especially when you're interviewing. And that's the same thing that goes with locums too, because you can absolutely be a new grad. I I was semi-new, four months. Yeah. I was still pretty new, yeah. but I've known people that are like new grads. Actually, there's a few in my group that got accepted into a local position job as a new grad. And you just showcase yourself, like show skills. Like I did training, I did this, I, I learned how to suture. If you're going into something like urgent care, I learned how to interpret x-rays and EKGs. I did a course on that. Now I'm skilled in this. I have certification in this. I don't have aesthetics experience, but I went and got my certification in it. You're a go-getter. You're a hustler and you're not afraid. (laughs) You're not afraid. You're just going to give it a shot. Being in the roles that you've been in has really allowed you to just walk into something you don't know and you're like, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of amazing that you've been able to do that. And you've built that habit of being uncomfortable. Well, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Thank you so much for all your advice today and sharing your journey with my audience and give a shameless plug. Can you let people know where they can find you? I have two pages. My travel page. I'm actually going to Dubai next week, finishing this contract on Tuesday. And then I go to Dubai on Wednesday. And so look out for that. You can follow at front page underscore EB on um, Instagram. That'll show showcase all of our travels. As far as nursing and locums and um, things like that, you can follow me at EBB, the MP on that page. I'm also on YouTube, Travel with Eb on YouTube, mixture of travels and what I do for work as well. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. So guys, you don't have to write anything down. Just know that you can find her on Instagram. You can find her on YouTube. And then I'm going to put all the links to her coursework. If you're interested in locum tenens, then you can see how to do it, how to get it, how to do it in a way that give you less problems. And you'll be ahead of the ball game with the the truth that Ebony's going to give you in regards to the position. You got it right the last time. I'm, so for the last part of the interview, Ebony, is the rapid fire mm-hmm. questions, 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 questions. You ready? Yes. Let's do it. What is the most common thing you impulse buy? What do you mean? Like, in what- like I can't help myself when I see a pair of red shoes. I buy every pair of red shoes. Oh. Or like, I am obsessed with lipsticks in a certain shade or like whatever, whatever it might be. I would say my biggest impulse buy. Oh, you mean buy like B. Oh, okay. That's what I was like, buy, (laughs) B-Y. I like Louis Vuitton. So I like going to the Louis Vuitton store, even if I don't buy anything in it. I like to see what new products they got. I'm definitely a travel nurse. (laughs) Yes. And then I may buy something. And then I have to stop myself like, Ebony, no, it's not time to treat yourself. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come back for it. Then I'll go online and then I look at it and I'm like, okay, let me go buy it. <laughs> Travel news yeah. problems. What is one chore you definitely like to pay to have done for you? Hmm. That's a good question. I actually would pay somebody to cook for me. Cook. I know how to cook, but like with me being on a road so much, I think I forgot how to I do a lot of meal prepping. So it's like, I think I forgot how to cook. I think I just need to like take some time off, a few months off. Our last question is, if you could learn a language in one week, what language would it be? Spanish. Spanish. 
Very simple. Because the reason why I like stuff that'll make me more marketable. Everybody wants oh, to know. Quinny wants to know about how to get more skills. <laughs> exactly. So Spanish is very simple. And I actually have a story. I know we're about to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, but I had randomly went to Guatemala on a one way and almost started Spanish class out there. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I got to go. Ebony, thank you for your time. And thank you for all the little nuggets you dropped along today's uh, episode where people can learn about this really neat way to invest in your career. So thank you so mm-hmm. much. Thank you for having me. Yes. And guys, don't forget to enjoy the journey. So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And leave me a review if you like the show. I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse Podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services.